Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. You can find me at TJ McBride NBA on Twitter. And to my right, as always, as I already am messing up and have my phone still on loud. Day in the life, TJ. <laughs> you know, nothing can ever just go smooth for a sports journalist, I feel. There's always yeah. some sort of complication. Especially with us. We always find a way to make things yeah, a little extra interesting. Forget something. We're running late. Time crunch. Waiting for players. This, that, the other. Internet crashing. I mean, the whole nine yards. Your laptop charger breaking earlier in the year. There was a gazillion different things that, you know, the life of a sport, a in the life of a sports journalist. But uh, we are back here in the Mile High City, obviously here to talk about these Denver Nuggets. A lot to get into here on the latest edition of the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, podcast. tell the people who you are, who is talking Oh, that's right. About. Yes, I am Anilo Piro, one half that makes up the uh, crew that does this podcast, like you said, alongside TJ McBride. Also cover the uh, Colorado Rockies full-time over here for Mile High Sports, a season that is imp- uh, impending, really, coming up here pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. Host my own radio show as well, Monday nights with my main man. Ronnie K Radio, 8 to 10 p.m. right here on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 104.7, or online at milehighsports.com. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I am here today with TJ to talk about the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, we had a little bit of a lull, just everyone getting back from the holidays and get everything back situated again. So it's been about five days since we had a podcast. There's a couple news and notes to hit real quick. So in the time that we have been off, the Nuggets have beaten the Utah Jazz at home, 99 to 91, where Trey Lyles and, and Jamal Murray went off. Each had 26 points in the game. Donovan Mitchell struggles. Joe Ingles struggles. The Nuggets really take it to the Utah Jazz and had a great game against them. Jokic uh, for surprisingly had one of his worst shooting nights at a 3-13 and shooting night. Had just 8 points in the game. Really just didn't look quite himself. Did you really have any other takeaways from that game other than it was just the Kentucky Wildcats and Canadian nah, contingent of the that's a little bit, I mean, Nuggets going it, off? What it comes down to is you know guys continuing to improve. You know Jamal Murray with another solid performance as well as Trey Lyles a guy that continues to turn heads um, through Throughout the entire, throughout the duration of this season so far, so uh, I mean, you know, you see them. It's like a roller coaster ride with this team. You know, they're trending up, trending up, trending up, trending up, and then you know, we see them drop a couple games here recently. Golden State Warriors won, um, and then the game who did they just the lose Kings to? and the Kings. So the, yeah, we talked about that as a you know a trap game for this team. So nothing out of the blue here recently for the Nuggets, except you know the roller coaster continues. Yeah, I mean, I think the one takeaway I had was that Jamal Murray was just unconscious in this game. Yeah, he had 26 points on nine of 13 shooting. He had six of his seven threes in this game and continued his offensive rebound or his rebounding ways. He had six boards again, had that one big offensive rebound. Overall, it was a really good game from Jamal Murray and the Nuggets overall had a pretty good team performance. Trey Lyles, nine of 17 shooting, four of eight from the three point line. He had a couple dunks, threw in a couple steals. He was fantastic as well throughout that game. He's been impressing me thoroughly. And just to continue off of that, the Nuggets ended up losing to the Kings on the back to back, a game that I called a trap game 
because the Nuggets had two nights before they were playing the Warriors. They were taking on the Kings in Sacramento after coming off that big win against the Utah Jazz where they got such a big game from Jamal Murray and everybody was in such high spirits. Mm -hmm. So they ended up kind of laying an egg against the Kings and lost 106 to 98 in Sacramento. Just, you know, to take this game as a microcosm, this is a testament, a perfect testament to just this team and their roster complexion. You know, the mix and the balance. We always talk about young, you know, young up and coming players and seasoned veterans and whatnot. Like, I kind of use the narrative of a roller coaster. They're going to crash and burn in certain games. I think that was, uh, you know, on the forefront here in that Sacramento loss. I don't know if they're going to crash and burn all the time. That was just a complete lack of effort in but, a lot of ways. But I, that's just... what I'm saying. You're going to have a handful of those games over the course of the season where they just yeah, are not there. I guess. I don't know if I mean, I'm at the point with this Nuggets team now that they're no longer just the, a young team in my mind. No, like the, the young they're team thing needs to be taken away. Not even purgatory. I don't think that's the correct term either. They're building themselves into a team that is learning to win well, on a consistent night-to-night n- basis. Absolutely. But again, that's where these losses kind of come into effect. It's the learning curve that these players are going to have to turn the they team They don't as get a that whole. learning curve anymore. They no, had it they last don't. Year. They, they don't. They are in win-now mode, and these are games you have to win. I, I was agree. very disappointed by that I loss I agree, personally. but the reason that they are losing these games is because of those reasons. They're not. They, they have the win-now mentality, but it hasn't caught up to where they need to be yet. Yeah, you know, and the mindset's there. there, and that's what it is. They're getting there, but they're not quite there yet. So yeah, I mean, I guess so. I guess you are going to have games that you drop like this, but this was one of the worst games of the year in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it was horrible. Jokic again, three of ten from the field. Another another game where he scores just eight points. That's two consecutive games of just eight points. It even prompted Michael Malone to go to to go to Nikola Jokic and have a conversation yeah. about the fact that he needs to get him involved and get him more touches that's and get be, him shooting and scoring more often. That'll which be a, good a thing. yeah, that'll be an underlying theme throughout the majority of this podcast. So really excited to kind dive into Jokic and just I mean he's just such an interesting player in terms of how you know one guy who's so loose around you know his teammates and other media you know holds the keys to the kingdom for this team you know the, the, their wins and losses directly reflect how Jokic plays and how yeah. his impact is felt on the court so looking forward to breaking that one down yeah as well. I believe the Nuggets are eight and two in games that Jokic takes 15 or more shots yeah. I mean there, there was a quote Michael Malone had earlier in the year where he said heavy is the head that wears the crown in, in reference to Nicole Jokic like this is the pressure that he has on him now mm-hmm. and that was a lot of the conversation that uh, that was the main I guess point of conversation that they had when they did speak was that he understands there's tons of pressure on Jokic and he just wants him to get back to enjoying himself and getting yeah. that joy back into his game uh, self plug real quick that's actually what I wrote about with Nikola Jokic's yes. triple double up on Mile High Sports right now 2000 word 15 clip freaking article it took a little bit too long it's a long one but it's an so absolute fun read I've had way too much fun writing that one and let's just plug Mile High Sports real quick so you're going to be able to go to our Nuggets content and you're going to be able to see you know TJ's film breakdown uh, I have a few Feature that just came out a few days ago on Darrell Arthur and how he stepped up as a leader. We have Brendan Bolt's game recap. We have good, bad, and ugly pieces from Dev Johnson. Um, Jeff Morton just had a uh, sit-down interview with uh, Denver Nuggets governor and uh, president. Uh, he's not the president. No, he's but, the uh, president and he? the governor. Oh, the yes. president and the governor. But uh, Josh Kroenke, obviously um, the son of the owner, you know, Stan Kroenke. So really, just if you want in-depth in uh, an abundance of Nuggets coverage from a bunch of different writers and a bunch of different avenues, Mile High Sports is the place to go to for the best all-around Nuggets content on the web, and you know, I mean, I can't say enough. We got a great staff over here that put in a ton of work, and I mean, listen, this is where you're going to want to go if you want the best in-depth Nuggets coverage. That's what I got to say. That was a hell of a self-plug. That was that was like a live read, I'm just, man. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just real quick. No, no, you're right. You're right. But let's
let's also get back into yeah. this Nuggets Kings game because Nikola Jokic's game was weird. He did have yes. ten assists. He did have seven rebounds. He threw five turnovers into the mix and only had those eight points. That is what really prompted Malone to go to him, being like, "We need you to be you and enjoy what you're doing again." He yeah. said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the Nuggets are at the best when when Jokic is playing free and loose, and that's what we free. Ended up, that's a great yes, word. and that's what I think you ended up seeing against the Warriors, which we'll get to in a second. But just to kind of hit on this Kings game real quick again, Lyles puts up 19 points on 11 shots, continues to play well. Will Barton turned 27 on this on this on this day. That was three days ago, so January 6th. Will Barton ends up putting 17 points, three rebounds, six assists. He was really one of the best Nuggets on the floor all night on his birthday. Good game from him, so that was good to see. But overall, a pretty apathetic loss for the Nuggets yeah. at the Kings. But they end up heading to the Warriors next. That was a really interesting game for me because it was. this is a Nuggets team that just would not say die. They refused to roll over in this game, and that was such an important thing for me to see. Yeah, the Nuggets, you know, they looked as worse as they have all season in spurts, and almost as good as they have. Oh, in I didn't think they looked that bad at any really? point. No. They were they were a certain instance of yes, Golden State was getting were getting their way. Steph Curry was going off. But it was it was small. I mean, we kind of talked about you know in a bigger scale. You know, the Nuggets having poor first half performances and then carrying it over to the second half. I think you're seeing the Nuggets. You know, when they do struggle, you know, flip the switch, squat. You know, end their struggles immediately yeah. or in a concise manner. I think you saw you know instances where if this was the Nuggets team of last year, you'd see you know the snowball effect. You'd let Golden State get on even more massive runs than they did last night. I think Denver did an amazing job at limiting the or you know stopping the bleeding per se. Yeah, stopping the bleeding is a good way to put you it. Know, I, I putting was actually, an end to it quickly. I know what you're saying, and I think the the runs that the Nuggets endured were just because the Warriors are the Warriors. I don't yeah, think a exactly. whole lot of, of it had to do necessarily with the the Nuggets just weren't playing a good brand yeah. of defense, or they weren't functioning or operating or executing on the offensive end. I think it was just the Warriors were being the Warriors yeah, exactly. for these stretches, and the Nuggets were just trying to endure and survive those moments. And, and they did a fantastic job at it. I mean, they closed it. What, did they, what was the final on that? One twenty four, one fourteen. Yeah, I mean, the so final. they closed. So I mean, it's incredible. They were down, you know, twenty points at one point. You know, it's the fact that they were able to narrow the gap, you know, to this point to make it such a competitive game at the end. You know, is really a testament to how impressive this team has been in terms of their resiliency. I think what impressed me the most is that this the the Warriors lead would go out to thirteen to fifteen. The Nuggets yeah. would immediately push it back down to five or four. Exactly, it'd go mean, back up right afterwards to thirteen to fifteen, but they would push it right back down to eight or seven. They wouldn't give the Warriors the chance to blow the game open as Malone. Yeah like to say they didn't let go of the rope and I thought that was so important to see because it wasn't just the offensive end they were forcing stops playing great defense exactly. and rotating because there were possessions where they would make seven eight nine defensive rotations while scrambling and you could just see the effort and the passion within their defense where they were closing out with a vengeance and they were trying to get to these shooters at any point that they could and it wasn't just that they were fundamentally sound Absolutely. they weren't allowing them to attack closeouts because they were closing out so aggressively they weren't just running sh shooters up the line they they were sticking with them like yeah. glue. It was overall a great defensive performance, I thought. They were taking pride in their defense. Oh, I think yeah. that's something that you haven't really seen, you know, in, in the past couple of seasons under Coach Michael Malone, is, you know, it's been lackadaisical at times. It looks like there's not enough effort. Last night, you know, we've always kind of talked about the Nuggets rising to the occasion. You know, when they play a team like the Golden State Warriors, they always play them tough for the most part. I think you saw that on the forefront in last night's loss. You know, they did lose, but there was a lot of, you know, bright spots in that loss. Obviously, Jokic and the defense as well. Um, and really, let's just talk about the defense 
defense for a second, how far it's kind of grown. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just insane. Like you said, they're playing with a vengeance. They're in attack mode on defense. You're seeing the same kind of aspects that they play with and the reasons that they have success on offense now carrying over the defense. Yes, and I think this is something that could have happened last year, and this is something that Malone kind of has to own, is that he switched from a passive, drop yep. back defensive scheme into this aggressive, up, up. get into your body, be physical, and make them feel and they're making type sacrifices. of philosophy. They're trying to guard the pick and roll you know, more intensely, which you know opens up other aspects. And they're on selling the out. Exactly. That's what it is. They're, re- they're going all in on certain aspects. They're not trying to be you know, solid at five different things. They're buying in on a couple things and letting it you know, reap the fruits of the rewards after that. There was a play, I believe it was in the third quarter, where there was a mid-transition opportunity where the Warriors had the ball in transition, and there was an open three in the corner for, I believe it was Patrick McCaw. And it was in, it was in mid-transition, so the Nuggets hadn't gotten fully back yet. Jamal Murray comes sprinting into the picture and lays out just to like basically stop a ball going through the gap as a second baseman yeah. to keep the ball from going to the corner because he knew that the defense wasn't back quick enough to make that rotation. That's selling out. When you are going flat vertical mm-hmm. and diving for a ball just to push it out of bounds to not allow an open three, yeah. like that is just pure complete effort. And that is such an incredible thing to say. And when you see the Nuggets, they were down by 12 heading to the fourth quarter. When teams head down, head to the fourth quarter down 12 to the Golden State Warriors and Oracle Arena, how many of them end up winning the fourth quarter like the Nuggets did? Not many. Like, that's insane Steve to me. Steve Kerr had to call a timeout at the five-minute mark. Yeah, he forced, the, yeah they forced the starters to go that's back That's what in. I'm saying. Like, that in and of itself is a moral victory. I know a moral victory is kind of suck and you, people hate talking about them. But again, if the Nuggets want to get on the level of the Warriors, the it's slow and steady wins the race. You're never going to make that jump, you know, in a one and or no two one's year period. on the level as the Warriors. No, no one's ever going and to get to. This is one of the. This is the greatest team of all time. I think that's what like I really realized last night is just how f- effortless this team is in terms of the Warriors of what they do. I mean, it's nuts. It's one of those things where you just watch a play and you're like, there's just nothing you can do. Like Jamal Murray had this defensive possession on Sean Livingston where Livingston had him in the, in the mid post or the high post actually. And Jamal could not have defended him better. No. He was, he was a blanket draped all over him without touching him or fouling him. And Livingston just managed to hit the shot. Those are the and thing- it just didn't matter. They're just Absolutely. the greatest shooting, like the shooting team of all time. Nobody has ever built a team that is this Absolutely. good of a shooting roster. But when you're guarding players like that and you're seeing these, you know, impossible shots go in, you know, while you're playing good, defense it toughens you up a little bit you know your mental capacity is like okay like I did what I need to do it's still going in I think it's going to help mature this team you know these kinds of losses that taste in their mouth after these losses knowing how strong of a performance they put forth it's going to carry with this team as they move forward I think the Nuggets are already past that point Michael Malone has said this Nuggets team knows they can beat anybody and they're not scared yeah, of oh, anybody absolutely. and that is just it was so transparently obvious like you could see right into all of those things that Malone was saying with this team is just not scared in this no. game I mean I agree with that but I, I think it goes more so into, you know, we've seen them, you know, have some of these upset victories before, but I think the Nuggets are still in the process of, you know, earning their stripes per se. Of course they're they going to keep going through losses like these. And I think, you know, when we're talking about the future and the outlook, two, three years down the line, those are games we're absolutely going to win if they continue on this path. And you're going to look back to losses like this and point to these learning experiences. Absolutely. So, but I think the bigger takeaway is that the Nuggets just really aren't scared. Like I remember Steph oh, Curry, that's a fantastic thing. Steph Curry in transition is going up for a layup and Malik Beasley of all people. Mr. I'm playing maybe 12 minutes a night yeah. goes up and almost blocks the shot. He was all over yeah. him. If it wasn't for the fact that they fell on top of each other, like it wouldn't have been a foul in my opinion. Where does that come from? That's just that Michael Malone. I think, it, has, you think, I, I it's, think it's Malone. I think so as well to a certain extent, but I mean, we've always talked about, you know, we Malone talked about Darrell Arthur being a vocal leader, but it's weird because we don't, I don't see 
like I, when I watch them on the court, I'm like, oh my gosh, like these guys came to play. But it's like when we go in and interact with them in the locker room, they're reserved, they're calm, cool, collective. Uh, I mean, yes, they're jittery and whatnot, but it's just interesting to see a team remain, you know, as confident as they are with a lack of, I guess, maybe ex- not excitement, but there's just. You don't. Cool. You know what I'm talking about. They don't have that it factor necessarily. Just because they don't all have Russell Westbrook mentalities Absolutely. of being chaotic does not mean that these aren't killers in their own way. Oh no, without a doubt. Like the one thing I've learned in my life is that it's usually the quietest one in the room that's the strongest. Yeah. And the Nuggets have a little bit of that vibe to them, where they're exactly. just like these docile killers. And it's so that's so great. They're not going to single handedly always just take over games. That's not. That's not mm-hmm. the kind of vibe that this team has. But they will not die. Yeah. They refuse to accept that they are worse than anybody and that doesn't mean that they're not going to drop games from time to time like we like we've already covered on this podcast they're a young team that's still learning to win on a nightly basis and they're going to drop games they shouldn't drop yeah i mean they they should not have lost that king's game that was just a bad performance when you have 25 turnovers get 40 points off off those turnovers that is just god awful effort on defense in terms of how they win and lose to me personally just my personal vantage point is just so unconventional for the modern day game what do you mean by that? I have no idea? Well, like more so just in terms of like, I mean, like we talk about, you know, the best teams in the league always have that clear cut number one. The Nuggets, yes, Jokic is that, but the Nuggets win and lose as a unit. You know, Nikola Jokic at times will single handedly win them a game. But I mean, you never see like, like you're talking about, you know, no one is ever going to go out there and be complete, you know, give me the damn ball takeover mode. It's more so a collaborative effort. You know, between Trey Lyles coming off the bench doing things, Malik Beasley coming well, yeah, off the bench I mean, and doing you, things. I mean, you can look at their selfless thing, but the Warriors have that same selfless thing. They don't have one clear-cut guy. I mean, the Spurs yes, but they are, have four superstars to go along with them. Absolutely, but at the same time, this Nuggets team is three young players that are all-star yeah. caliber players that they can go to in the same capacity. So I'm not sure if it's that's if but I agree with that. Where they're at in terms of the standings and the rankings in the Western Conference, in terms of how they're winning those games, to me, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, like you kind of talked about, they have three all potential all-stars I'm assuming you were talking about Gary Harris Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic you know and we kind of talked about you know Golden State having those guys as well but to me I'm still kind of in the belief and you know this TJ that I think Gary Harris at one point in his career can be as good as Nikola Jokic and as impactful so for me I look at it as the Nuggets have three dudes that can all step up to be that one game-changing difference maker obviously Nikola Jokic is in that seat right now but I mean we talked about you know Jamal Murray with that 26 performance against Utah once he starts getting going consistently once Gary Harris continues to improve on his perimeter defense and scoring they're just gonna find different ways to win which is why I just think it's so different right now because they're trying to work Trying to play to all three players' strengths while incorporating bench players, while trying to up the defense that Malone wants, while trying to play Will Barton. There's just so many moving parts with this team that at times it's just like a cluster of different things. There's, it's always going to be that way on teams, and I think I think what you're trying I mean, to, I think where you're going with this is just the Nuggets are different because of the the way that they play through Nikola Jokic. Exactly, that that's really what it does to come down to. Because I mean, and there have been teams who have been like that, like the, like the Pau Gasol led Lakers, and then like the Pau Gasol led yeah. Grizzlies, the the Marcus Gasol led it's Grizzlies. Just such an, it, it, they all played in that way as well. A European big as mobile, the Chris and influential, Weber, you know, it's King's just teams. it's just so different. I it mean, is. it really is. It's just something that you know the NBA is not accustomed to. You know, in terms of clear cut year. Year out. I mean, we're used to LeBron James dominating the league. We're used to Russell Westbrook taking over these games. And I think you know the Nuggets. They're not they're not reinventing it by any means, but they're bringing a little bit of fresh blood. You know, new new life to you know how teams, the dynamics in which they play at, and how they win and lose. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit of a. Um a, a dying breed when you play through big men in this way and you don't win in this selfless style unless you have That's, a big man in this way. Yeah, to me, it's just, I don't, 
I see these other teams coming into town, you know, whether it be, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder and, and, you know, just as an example, but the Nuggets, for whatever reason, you know, they just, they have that demeanor to them that I feel like just not a lot of other teams have. That's just a personal observation for myself from being around there and talking to players, coaches, and whatnot. But, I mean, l- let's get into these other players you're talking about yeah. because in this Warriors game, they had four guys score 21 yeah. more points. You had Trey Lyles who scored 21 points in 26 minutes on 15 shots. Gary Harris had 22 points on 18 shots in 35 minutes. And then you had Jamal Murray with 21 points on 22 shots in 42 minutes i mean that's not the most efficient night in the world for jamal murray but he was going real hot when they needed him to it wasn't necessarily terrible possessions from him but this nuggets team got going and we'll get into nicole Jokic's triple double here in a bit but I, i was really impressed with how the role players stepped up in this game and gave the nuggets new life off the bench when they needed them too absolutely i mean like this has been the narrative you know ever since paul Millsap went down you know with Millsap going down the, the, the nuggets could have easily just folded and crumbled this season i mean true to be honest i mean the but, you know, in light of that, Trey Lyle steps up. Mason Plumley steps up. Malik Beasley gets some extended minutes. Uh, I mean, you're really just seeing guys who, that next man up mentality. And, you know, Mike Mullen loves to say, you know, these guys don't feel sorry for themselves. They continue to put the work in and the effort. And you're really just starting to see it pay off now. Yeah, and you need it, too, because Will Barton's not been the same guy. He only had two points on six shots tonight, he, or last night. It was not a good game from Will Barton. He did throw in four assists and had zero turnovers and continues to be a good playmaker. But a team low, negative 13 and a plus minus in that game against the Warriors. I was really impressed with Trey Lyles just because oh, yeah. he continued to get to the rim again. I mean, he only he was one of two on threes to go nine of 15 from the field, getting to the rim in the way he was with the savvy post-ups, with attacking closeouts, with strong finishes and creative finishes. He just continues to impress in ways that I did not expect him to. And he throws in three assists and three steals just to add on for good yeah. measure. I was really impressed with him again. Continues to turn heads, man. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, no one really knew what he was going to be able to give this team. But, uh, you know, as the games go along and, you know, his number gets called, he just continues to put in good work and he's helping this team win games. He really is. And then on top of that, Gary Harris again, 9 of 18 from the field, yeah, 4 of 7 from 3. He has 3 assists. He has two turn- or two rebounds in the mix, 0 turnovers, and 22 points. He was great again offensively, hitting timely buckets. He really helped Nikola Jokic get going early in this game. Allowed him. He, he actually ended up assisting on a couple of Nikola Jokic baskets as well as of course vice versa, Nikola Jokic assisting getting Gary Harris a couple good looks. He was getting backdoor cuts. Yep. He was moving well without the ball. He was getting sp- Space to operate, and I think that's what you see when Nikola Jokic is aggressive in that way. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think at the end of the day, you the conversation that needs to be had, or not his conversation, but the, you know, the fact of the matter is when Nikola Jokic is in attack mode and wants to go out there and insert himself, the Nuggets are by and large a better team. When he's reserved and takes a step back, the team suffers. I mean, there's no other way to slice it. You know, if the Nuggets want to be at, you know, optimal, you know, an optimal point, you know, as a team, they need Nikola Jokic to be the front man, to lead the charge with Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, you know, playing as the supporting cast and, you know, you know, reaping the fruits of his labor. So, I don't know. To me, I've just seen in instances where Jokic just at times looks a little, not lackadaisical. But he but fades. Exactly. He's just like, okay, like, I don't, I need to take a step back here. What's happening sort of thing. He looks like a deer in the headlights at times. I, I, I can see where you're coming from with that. I think a lot more of it has to do with the fact that he is so focused on setting up other teammates and not looking for but his own a, shot that it leads to him appearing like he is trying to avoid Yes, and, I, and that's a very valid point, but that's a problem. He has to yeah, get more aggressive. He but, has to. But, uh, he needs to understand that the Nuggets win and lose when he is by his aggression, basically. What makes him an incredible talent? 
his ability to share the sugar and you know spread that, the love. That's and that's this is, this is the common denominator when it came to LeBron James as well. Mm-hmm. Is that he got hyper scrutinized for late game situations, making passes and not taking the taking the shot himself. Yeah. And I always thought it was tomfoolery. I thought it was just complete yeah. chaos because when you could create good looks for your teammates, even if you're the best player on the floor, that can be a higher percentage shot. And Jokic's entire game stems from him being a playmaker. Absolutely. Once he starts playmaking, it opens his scoring. We saw him in this game start scoring, but the very first possession of the game was not a post-up to get Jokic a bucket. There was a fake back screen set for a fake cut that Wilson Chandler took so that Mason Plumlee can peel off of his original screen to get Gary Harris coming over the top for an open three. So Jokic had an easy passing lane to get an easy shot for Gary Harris out of the low post as a passer. There's a reason you start looking for him as a playmaker first and not a scorer. And when you do that, that's when everything starts to open up. The second that Jokic became a playmaker, guys played him close. And then the back cuts happened last night. And that's when you're seeing Wilson Chandler and Torrey Craig get easy looks. The second that starts happening, Jokic comes into the paint, attacks a closeout, and instead of attacking the rim because guys are sagged off, looking for cutters he hits a floater over you the second you step back up boom there's Gary Harris for a back cut it all stems from the fact that he was a playmaker first and that is what allows his offensive game to grow and expand in game live situations like that and that's how the way I see it at no least. and I understand that and again I think that's why you know the Nuggets are able to do some of the things that they want to do but I mean to me when I look at it, it eventually you know they're going to come to grips with this situation of we're going to you know eventually be on a similar level of the Warriors we're going to have to close out games in an efficient you know, strong manner. Is Nikola Jokic ready to take those reins late in games and say, I need the ball in my hand? And he's not there yet. And And guys aren't expected to be there yet. Yes, and I understand that he's developing, but that to me is the biggest thing that's still the biggest question mark surrounding Nikola Jokic. And if that question mark cannot be answered, I don't know what the direction of the Nuggets franchise is moving forward because that is something that is so important. Maybe we haven't necessarily seen it magnified right now because the Nuggets aren't in that that scenario, but you know, as the games go along, as the seasons go along, and they continue to improve, it's going to come down to what... What is going to be your late game execution? And so many, and so many times already this year, and you know, Will Barton is very good. Not trying to take any credit away from him, but you know, we've seen Barton with the ball in his hands and whatnot. I think we need to see more Jokic establishing himself as that dominant alpha force because that's where the Nuggets are going to be for you know the next foreseeable future in terms of years because he is their franchise player. I think we have been seeing that though because when you go back to the overtime period against the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. it was everything was flowing through Nikola yes. Jokic, and even though it was other guys scoring, the reason that they were getting good looks was because. Because Absolutely. of Nikola Jokic orchestrating that offense. You see him in the game like against the Spurs last year where he scores 14 straight and drags them back from the brink. And you see him take over in that way. I thought he was great in the fourth quarter of this game as well against the Warriors. So it's not that he can't do it. So mm-hmm. I, I try and take a step back and be like, yes, you would like him to be more assertive. But at least the Nuggets have Absolutely. an individual who is able to score on his own and get his own bucket in late game situations. Absolutely. And he has shown himself that he is capable of being able to produce in those situations. Yeah. It's just getting that killer instinct on a night-to-night basis, which takes years, if not decades, to develop for people, and he is already an uncharacteristically selfless person for, for the NBA landscape. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's just, the Nikola Jokic situation is one that's just so interesting because, I mean, just based off his play alone, I mean, assuming he's here for the next decade, let's say, I mean, you can easily make the assertion that, you know, the Nuggets are going to potentially go back to that 10-year run that they had with George Carl in terms of you're going to be good enough with Nikola Jokic's play alone to get you, you know, X amount of wins every single year. But then when the going gets tough and you're in these scenarios and you want to take that next step, are you going to be able to do it? I don't know if we're we're not. And I understand that's years down the line. But to me, early on, doesn't show me that he can. 
and I and I, this is a conversation for another day. But again, these are the long term things I think the organization needs to look at. Well, of it's course, conversations that need to be had. And I, I think if the Nuggets are going to be at their best, Nikola Jokic isn't going to take everything a last shot. Jamal Murray no, exactly. takes a and lot. That, of those and as again, well. that's where it goes into the progression of Jamal. I think Gary Harris is going to see to the rise of the dedication. So it's certainly an interesting complexion moving forward. But at the end of the day, there's no doubt. You know. When Nikola Jokic is assertive and aggressive, the Nuggets are at their best. Let's keep rolling with that Nikola Jokic being yeah. assertive point because I think it's a good one because going back and watching the Nuggets game from last night, I rewatched the film endlessly, it seemed like, last night. And the one, my favorite play that I saw wasn't the alley up to Torrey Craig. It wasn't the touch pass to Mason Plumlee for the dunk. It was when Nikola Jokic realized he had Sean Livingston on him at the three-point line. He backed him down all the way into the low post so viciously that he forced Jordan Bell to help off of Gary Harris, who he was switched on to and just immediately kick the ball to Gary Harris for an open three. That's the assertiveness that you want to see because Mm -hmm. no, he didn't score. No, he was not the guy who was able to really have that home run hero type play, but he forced the defense to scramble, forced them out of a position that they did not want to be in and made the correct pass that got the Nuggets an open look three for their best shooter. And you know, that's a really good point that you bring up and I'm not trying to backtrack too much when I say this, but you know, that just kind of resonated with me that I think maybe... Less of the problem is on Nikola Jokic, but it's more so on the players around him learning to play to his strengths and learning how they can be at the best of their ability next to him at times. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't even say that either. I don't think it has anything to do with Gary Harris or Jamal Murray not no, playing but again, well it, enough. In terms of getting them to their optimization where they want to be, that's still a work in well, progress. I mean, no, it's at their ceiling. They're all no, 20, yes. 21, 22. So when we're five years from their mm-hmm. from their peak, even yeah, starting to get to their peak. It's, so. just, it's just, I don't know. It's just so interesting to see how this thing's going to play out because as Jokic progresses, so does everybody else on the team. It, it's because it, like you can use Jokic as kind of like the highlight for the rest of the Nuggets because like we said, they win and lose by him. They're going to the direction of the franchise is going to be shaped by him yes so it's it's just it's crazy i mean when was the last player that you saw you know like a Jokic be able to control a franchise like this I mean, it, it it's happens. So Guys come out of the, come out like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were each handed the keys in that yeah. way. Like LeBron James was handed the keys yes, in that way. I mean, Paul George was handed the keys in that and way. We're, we're talking Giannis about po- we're talking too. about polished NBA products for the most part. Kind of. Well, now they are. They yes. weren't back then. Yeah. I mean, but again, and the interesting part with Jokic is he's what twenty three. I think he, or twenty two years old. Yeah, he, he's only been playing you know professional basketball at a high level for a handful of years. He's just so raw still, which is what makes him such an interesting player because I, he could over the next five years take you know five six seven eight tremendous leaps and you know reach this optimization where we never thought he could be yeah so but again and you know it could go the other way as well so i don't know it's just so interesting to see how you know a franchise can go on opposite ends of the spectrum based off one player yeah and that's, and that's what happens when you have franchise changing changing players there's <laughs> a reason he's transcendent in his yeah. passing away and it's just, what he does to me maybe it's just it's weird that he's not did he just he has the personality of that he has oh yeah he's i mean that's just, just so interesting to me yeah, he is the anti-star. There's it's absolutely funny. no denying that. It's great. Let's it, get back to it, the yeah. assertive yeah, part of all of this because you saw him as sort of scoring as well because he mm-hmm. had nine points in that first quarter. Yep. He had like nine points, eight rebounds, and uh, I think he was. I think he had twelve, eight, and seven at halftime and was well on his way to a triple double early yeah. on in that game. He looked like Jokic of last year when he just decided that he was going to take over a game, put up big numbers in the first quarter, and set the tone from the get go. That wasn't something that we have seen much of him this year because he was so focused and getting comfortable with all the new starting lineups, all the new players Paul Millsap getting integrated that he wasn't the same dominant player to start and that was something that became very 
common last year and wasn't seen this year. And it was mm-hmm. good to see that return from him this year, in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. I mean, I agree. It's been an interesting year for Nikola Jokic. I mean, between the injury earlier in the season, losing Paul Millsap, it seems like he's had to learn on the fly. Or, you know, I think if you would have asked Nikola Jokic if this is how you thought the season would go ahead of the year, uh, he'd probably be like, no way. Like, this is going completely different than we thought it would. But I think you're just seeing. Why do him- you say that? I mean, he's averaging like 16, 10, and 5. Well, in terms of like Mason Plumlee being as solid as he is next to him and helping him on the defensive end of the floor. Like I said, Paul Millsap being hurt, changing the complexion of how you play, seeing Jamal Murray rise to the occasion. Obviously, entering the season, he thought he was going to have Jameer Nelson as the team uh, on the team as well, which is certainly impactful. Um, Richard Jefferson, a new vet leader in his ear. So I don't know. I, I, there's been a lot of outside factors that have kind of applied to this team this year. Yeah, there are random variables like the injuries they've dealt with and the different players. Very forced random, to play sporadic. With. I mean, it's just it's it, that's what I was talking about. You know, having to kind of you know do this on a whim at times. You know, it seems like a lot of their pl- game plans. You know, have kind of had to be thrown out the window just because of these injuries and some of the circumstances. You know, Tory Craig being another guy that yeah, I mean, who really thought this guy was going to step up and have as big of an impact as he has on the NBA professional level. Yeah, but that, that's very true, and I, I think that that does go into it, but Jokic was assertive again, finally. It oh, was yes, great absolutely. to see in that first quarter, and once he was able to be that assertive, it opened up the rest of the floor for him, mm-hmm. and opened up the rest of the floor for everybody else. That led the Nuggets getting 30 assists on 47 made baskets. They shot 49.5% from the field. They were 42% from three. They were getting to the free throw line. The offense was humming, and yes. it was functioning, and it wasn't due to the Warriors' defense being lazy in any way. This was 100% because the Nuggets were just functioning, and they were executing, and they were getting the looks they wanted to. And when it wasn't there, they continued swinging the ball. And so much of that had to do with Jokic putting that offense in a position to operate the way that he that they should be doing. So yeah. I that was the most impressive part of his game was the way that he was able to be that maestro for the offense and have everything functioning the way that he wanted it to all the way throughout. Yeah, in the heat of the moment against you know the defending NBA champion. So you know certainly against the defensive player of the year from last exactly. year, Draymond Green. And he put it, put him on you know the spin cycle there a little bit down low. You see that play? Oh. Oh, I wrote fantastic. about that one. And that Andre Iguodala with Jamal Murray, that was sweet. It was. Real. Oh, man, I love that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Nikola Jokic is certainly one of the more interesting players, you know, to talk about in the league. And it's just, listen, we've talked about it a gazillion times now. If he, When he asserts himself and he says, you know, I hold the keys to the kingdom, this team will, you know, succeed if I succeed and stuff like that, that's when the Nuggets are at their best. And I think you saw that last night. It's fantastic, you know that they were able to keep this as competitive as a game that they were. Because, I mean, you know, 9 out of 10 teams, you know, they get down as many points as the Nuggets did and they roll over, wave the white flag. Yeah, that's like what I was saying. They had 12, they were trailing 12 points headed to the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they ended up winning the fourth quarter 33-31. to 31. Like, that's not a normal thing no, for a team that's not, not playing with insane effort. Because that's in Oracle down 12 to the Warriors. Yeah. So, you a loud crowd there, too. It was Of course. Ruckus. Yeah, it's always that way. I think it was like their like a 48th consecutive, I don't know, what was it? They said it was, it was a freakish number of consecutive sellout wow. streaks for them. Like they, it's always full there. I mean, it's what happened to the greatest team of all time in the building. Yep. But again, Nikola Jokic's assertiveness really opened up the floor for the Nuggets tonight and allowed them to do a lot of things that I have not seen from them. And I think the reason why he was so assertive was just because Michael Malone made an effort to get him involved and do every action he possibly could. There were so many instances where he was screaming from the sideline, post up, post up, post up, to force the ball to get back into Jokic's hands to keep the offense humming through him. And I think that is so important to see Michael Malone making that concerted effort. Where have you seen Nikola Jokic make the greatest stride this season? defensively yeah I agree it's just and I think that's again another aspect a key aspect is why the Nuggets are where they are 
is because he himself is taking it upon himself to improve his play on that end of the floor, even though he profiles, you know, his strongest suit on offense. You're seeing him, you know, take the deliberation and the time to make these concerted efforts, and I think you're seeing that rub off on the team. Yeah, and I think where I was going was more offensive was just that he was finally getting back to that style of play that we saw from him last year, where he was just... Able how, to just completely operate every piece of the offense at his own. Whim. How much of that is a product of Paul Millsap being out? I don't think it has anything to do with Paul Millsap being out. So then, how do you how do you think the Nuggets are going to react when he gets inserted back in the lineup? You think? I mean, that's completely yet to be seen because they only played for like three weeks together. Very so true. That, that's a very hard thing to even speculate but I, on. I mean, like I think that's why we've seen you know you know thinking bigger here. Jamal Murray has kind of exploded onto the scene here recently. You know? See, I don't even agree with that. I mean, to me, he has. I mean, I, I, well, I, I agree he's bubbled on the scene. I don't think it's because Paul Millsap has been out. Okay, well, that's Paul where Millsap hasn't. I don't think Paul Millsap has had enough like impact on this team to really throw them in any certain direction. Now that he is gone, no, I know, but I think, I think early on in the season, through those first couple weeks, you saw, you know struggles, you know, of Millsap, you know, adjusting to the Nuggets style of play and the Nuggets adjusting to his style of play. It was always going to be that way. Whenever you bring Absolutely. in a guy who was getting played through entirely for as an all-star last year for a team that was devoid of talent beyond him, that was how he played. He had to learn how to completely split yeah. time suddenly. No, absolutely. But I think, you know, when that kind of narrative gets thrown out the window, I think that's why you've seen Jamal Murray take a little bit of a deep breath because he doesn't have to conform his style of play. I really think you've seen that with Jokic here recently as well. He, he He's a little bit more relaxed, I think. I think the reason Jokic was so much better offensively is because Malone made damn. I'm sure he's going to give that the ball too. As much yeah, as possible. Oh, I mean, he's instilling the confidence in him, and that's one thing you have to, you know, give credit to Malone is he will give players confidence, you know, to the fullest extent. That's always something that he tries to pride himself on is giving players that kind of um, respect and that yes, like, like I mean. It's hard as a coach to inspire confidence in a player, but Malone finds a way to do so. But I'm not sure if that's necessarily this, the situation here. Nikola Jokic just wasn't getting looks and was trying so hard to set everybody else up that he wasn't getting his own shots, wasn't yeah. taking advantage. This was a thing where Malone pulled Jokic into his offense and told him, we need you shooting more. We need you to be a focal point. We need you to play loose. We want you having fun again, so we're going to let you do what you do. And I think that's what we saw happen. That's yeah. why he played looser is because Malone made a point to do what they did last year where just the offense runs through Jokic yeah. plain and simple that's how it's going to be and because of them doing that they weren't running pick and rolls with Mason Plumlee they weren't trying to get these different double high actions they were giving Jokic the ball in the post and they were operating it's a simple kind of approach I think they were trying to do too much at times you know and more so with Jokic you know I think he kind of got lost in his own head you know to a certain extent and I, I think you know I agree I think him sitting down with Malone really helped clear his thoughts and, and you know really give him a you know kind of rechannel his his thought process and realize this is where the team is at their best when I'm doing X, X, and X. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Did you have anything else about Jokic or anything else about this game? I mean, that's really it with Jokic outside of the fact of continue to step up. If you want the, if the Nuggets want, you know, to get to this optimization where we think they can be in a few years, it's going to be, you know, on the shoulders of Nikola Jokic. Can he continue, you know, to be that facilitator, but at the same time know and understand that the Nuggets are at their best when he is as well? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I definitely that's the do. the biggest thing. And he has to be a leader with this team. He just has to be a leader with this team. And that's, and that's gonna, the end And it's going to grow on him and whatnot. But I mean, again, it's just, I think it, we kind of talked about it earlier in the pod here, is just such a unique set of circumstances, just his skill set, where he comes from, and just his way of life. Just his demeanor and how he views basketball as a whole is just so different than, you know, the majority of the superstars in the league today. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple news and notes before we get out of here. The Nuggets are finally getting healthy. Their last injury report had only Paul Millsap, who obviously is out after having uh, surgery on his wrist due to 
ligament complications that he is dealing with. So beyond that, the Nuggets are finally getting healthy. Kenneth Fareed has not played in three straight games after Darrell Arthur pulled for him to get some playing time against the Suns. So it is continually looking more and more like Fareed and Moody are out of the rotation as each of them are not seeing the court at all. Also, Monte Morris in the G League. He, in his past two games, has put up 20 points, five rebounds, and 17 assists, and then 19 points, one rebound, and 13 assists in back-to-back games. He's averaging 19.5 points and 15 rebounds a night right now, and is just tearing up the G League. Tyler Lydon as well. Against the South Bay Lakers, he had 19 points, 14 rebounds, and three assists on 9 of 15 shooting. Against the Memphis Hustle, a couple nights later, 13 points and 11 rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He has been also looking very, very good in the G League, so it's good to see the Nuggets players continue continually showing out. Torrey Craig is still with the yes, Nuggets organization and is still hanging out with them, so he is not with any G League organization right now. But yeah, that's pretty much all. You got anything else, man? Uh, no, we'll see the Nuggets tomorrow night against the uh, Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks and Pepsi game. Center. So Wednesday night uh, here at Pepsi Center. Nuggets fans, be sure to get out to that game. It'll be an interesting one, to say the least. But uh, yeah, Jokic needs to continue to be aggressive. You know, the rest of the guys continue to grow around him as well. If the Nuggets, you know, continue on this path, we'll see where they end up. It's good to see Jokic get his first triple-double of 2018, man. Yeah, that's, that's all I got For real, say. for real. So good stuff all around from the Nuggets. Obviously, uh, about as good of a night as they could have had in that loss against the Warriors, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we always talk about there's no moral victories in the NBA, but that's one that I think, you know, the players in Malone walked away, you know, with a little bit of sense of pride. Yeah. You know, we play these guys tough at home. I agree you know, with that. Without Paul Millsap. So a lot of interesting stuff from the Denver Nuggets, but uh, we'll keep it locked down here at My Life Sports. So again, MyLifeSports.com. You have to follow me on the Twitter stream at APRO Sports. TJ, where can they find you? At TJ McBride, NBA. Thanks for listening again to the Denver Nuggets City Podcast. Talk to you guys soon. Adios. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. Geico presents Yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. 
Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.